0: rightfromthedeep.com Well, listeners, here is what's happening at Right From The Deep. First of all, you might notice I'm alone again. (laughs) Just for this intro part, um, Karen will be in the interview as she was last time too, but she is still in the process of packing up house, driving, moving to another state, unpacking, all of that kind of thing. Um, I think there's a transition for a few days where she doesn't have a house at all and is staying with relatives and on and on. So that's what's happening with her, and you guys can be praying for her. Also, we want to thank our patrons on Patreon. You guys, you help make this show possible, and we're so thankful for you. Anyone out there who wants to help out, you can go to patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash right from the deep, because You know, um, there are expenses to this, and so um, any, any bit that goes through Patreon is a help to our expenses, and so we appreciate it and special thanks to our August sponsor of the month Priscilla Shero. She is working on her memoir called Bonked: Life, Love and Laughter with Traumatic Brain Injury and that should be coming out later with Redemption Press. You can learn more about Priscilla at her website and then you can also follow her blog for the TBI PTSD community and you can find her at priscilla com. That's P R I S C I L L A dot com, And I will be at the Florida Christian Writers Conference in October. I hope to see you guys there. It's in Leesburg, Florida, October 19th through 23rd. You can get more information on that at word-weavers.com uh, slash Florida events. And wonder, well, guys, I've recently lost uh, a cousin who... I loved this cousin, as, as uh, we all do. We lose people that we love. And here's the wonder of it, though. It's terrible. It's awful, right? Grief, missing this person, her family, missing her is awful. But we have hope. We have hope in God. This life here on earth is not what we were created for. We're created for the new heavens and the new earth that will come. So we have a resurrection hope. And that's a wonder to me. And I'm so thankful for it, especially even now, um, as I think about my cousin and her family. I'm thankful that we don't grieve like people who have no hope but as those who do have hope. And now, here's the show. Welcome, listeners. We are delighted that you're here with us in the deep. And today, we are continuing our interview with Sharon Hink. Oh my gosh, you guys, this was such a great interview. And I'm looking forward to you hearing more. So we're
2: going to jump right in. As someone who has always been, been a, a bit of an overachiever in personality. God had to do a lot in me to remind me that just being His is all I need to be. Mm-hmm. And that it isn't what I accomplish. It's not how many books I get written, how many words I write that day. Um, he, the story of the Dancing Realm series is another miracle of His mercy because I had gotten very, very ill after several books came out with bethany house and nav press and i was just like going gangbusters i got very sick and was actually mostly bedridden for 2 years i had tons hmm. of cognitive loss which is terrifying when you're a writer you can't find words yeah and physical weakness and so i thought that's it i can't write anymore and years went by and i was i i was writing devotions because i could do little tidbits yeah yeah and then God used that and eventually got a little bit stronger mentally, a little stronger physically. And I was talking to my agent and he said, you used to be a dancer. Why don't you write about a story world that dance is involved? And I said, oh, I don't know. But I started to play and it was difficult. It felt choppy. So I was afraid the writing would be choppy. You know, it was Sentence by sentence, yeah, writing in little pieces. It was it didn't flow. But God enabled me to write that series. And then it was terrifying when the first book came out because I thought people are gonna say, Oh, we used to like her stuff. What happened happened to her? And I was literally biting my nails. And so to have it well received was so meaningful to me. I love how God works that way, and it's predictable.
1: How the enemy works on the heels, on the very heels of a miracle from God. He steps in, the enemy steps in and says, well, maybe he helped you do this, but it'll be crap. Nobody will want to read it. And and all those insecurities come up and he's doing everything he can to steal God's glory in this miracle that he's done and to steal our peace in the midst of God's miracle. And if we just keep our eyes focused on him and ignore those stupid voices inside of us that are speaking condemnation and fear and insecurity, you know, we've been through a really horrific time here in the last couple of months and Things happened that I ended up feeling really stupid. Things that I fell for, we were conned twice by moving brokers. Mm. And there was the potential we were going to lose $11,000. And, you know, I spent so much time just being so angry with myself until my husband and then talked to me. And he said, these guys are pros at conning people. You know, it doesn't matter how smart you are. They're pros at what they're doing. And so then finally, I came to the end of myself in all of it because I've always prided myself on being capable, being <laughs> able to handle a lot of things. And I finally came to the place where I was just telling him, "You take it. I I can't do it, God. You take it." And we may end up still losing about I don't know fifteen hundred dollars, but that's that's incredibly better than <laughs> eleven thousand. And so and and things have come together for. Things are different now, and we're doing something different, but it's coming together, and we actually will be able to move out of this house and close when we need to without any problems. So more and more lately, I'm just like, Father, just show me what to do. Show me what to do, because I got nothing. And,
2: and and give yourself grace, because I do the same thing. I, I, I mentioned earlier, I before we started the the recording, how I struggle with technology. And right. then I get mad at myself and I feel like I'm so dumb. And how right. do I not? Yeah. And it's like, give, you would give others grace. You would not condemn a friend who got conned. Um, and we need to give ourselves grace. And that's right. what God taught me as I had time away from writing when I couldn't write, and not only did I feel useless, I felt like a burden to the people around me. Mm -hmm. Not only was I not producing, and I wasn't accomplishing great things for God's kingdom, which is what I always want to be doing, I was actually making people spend time helping me, which was wasting their time, in my opinion.
1: (laughs) <laughs> so, I gotta tell you, that's gotta be the most difficult thing for any of us who are able to do things is asking for help. And oh, and like yeah. you, I struggled a lot with health issues in the last five, ten years and, and realizing being able to accept the phrase, yes, there was a time when I could do that, but I cannot do that now. And I need Oh, help.
2: it's hard.
1: Oh, oh, it's so oh, hard it's to go so to someone when it. you're the one that's usually offering help to people and teaching people and mentoring people, and you're coming in and saying, "Could you come to my house and help me pack a box?" You know, <laughs> it's just like,
2: oh, yeah. And and again, it's in those places where we see our need. Um, my pastor recently in a sermon talked about the story, the parable, where the man goes to his neighbor and is pounding on the door in the middle of the night. Oh, I don't have enough food. I have a guest. Could you lend me something? And he said, the hero of the story is that man going and confessing his need and asking for help. Yes. And I, that was a new insight for me. I was like, oh. And then I thought, hey, finally, I can be the hero of the story because I'm lady. <laughs> I'm me. I can say that. I used to worry that I was Miss Needy Pants all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Now you're just Miss Needy Hero. (laughs) That's right. And it can be very courageous to admit need. And I see that with all the friends that I have seen suffer in these past years with loss of loved ones, with depression and anxiety. And when they're honest about those places of pain and need and share that, it helps others who are hurting. I love that verse. I do my bad paraphrase of it, that he comforts us with his comfort so that we can comfort others with others, the same comfort yes. with which yes. we were comforted. It is so true. And then yes. we can be there for each other. And we aren't the heroes of our own story. We just point to the hero, yes. which is Jesus. Absolutely. Hallelujah. Preach it, sister. (laughs) (laughs) So Sharon, what do you think?
0: You had said that God taught you that just being His was enough. What What do you think was like one of the final straws that helped you realize that? That really pulled that together for you.
2: Well, okay, I have to confess, it's a daily battle. Yeah, it has (laughs) not been resolved. Yeah, that that issue is not fully resolved, but. Um getting to that point of I may never re- be able to write again, I mm. may never be able to read again. Um, I still struggle to read for pleasure, which is a huge loss. I've been a voracious reader since I was four years old, and I, I learned how to use I, I, my critique partners would send me chapters and I could edit and critique because it used a different part of my brain. Exactly. But I couldn't read for pleasure. And so that's still a struggle for me, although I've started to be able to do audiobooks. But, you know, all these things that defined me, I thought, I thought all these things defined me. Having them taken away really gave me a chance to rest in God and know He loves me, whether I do another thing or not. Hmm. And I, I spoke last year, well, actually, in the spring, I did a keynote um, through Zoom for a writer's conference. And I started out by saying, this is going to sound very radical. It's okay to not write. Yeah. Because we get so caught up in, oh, I have to do this. And we compare to other people and what they're accomplishing. Yep. Yeah. And so having God stripped me down to being useless to him and then realizing he still loved me. Mm Yeah. He doesn't love me based on me doing stuff for him. Which I mean, intellectually I knew that. But I absorbed it in a deeper way through those years of illness. Intellectually, we know that for others.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And and we teach that to others. Yes, exactly. But, but for us. That's just so true. That's a bitter pill to swallow. But one of the things that Aaron and I teach at writers conferences, both when we teach together and we teach separate, is this isn't about writing. This task that God has given us isn't about writing. It's about obedience And it's about honoring God in what we're doing. And if our book never gets published, you still have been obedient. And that's what matters. And if you have been published and suddenly you can't write anymore, are you being obedient in the midst of that experience that's taking place? God isn't taking away your dream. God is refining you and giving you a new, deeper, more profound dream of just being His.
2: And and to be more closely connected to him is a gift that doesn't compare. I mean, no writing contract, no award, no anything compares to getting to know him more intimately. And we have that blessing sometimes in the deep and sometimes in the dark places and the valley
0: what I love is that in in this situation with the Dream of King's book, your obedience to not write led to a beautiful time with your mom, and it led to lots of other grief, of course, but then it led, it did turn around and lead to writing again another book. It doesn't always work that way, but right. sometimes it does, and in this case, it did, and so that's it's going to be really exciting to to uh, have that book you guys out there you listeners out there this book will be available on pre-order when this comes out so we'll have a link to it in the show notes it's dream of kings and i'm looking forward to reading that i actually read your dancing realms series
2: <laughs> as well and oh, I'm- i i i, I, I- I'm always so surprised when someone other than my mom or my <laughs> husband have read my books. So thank you, Erin. Well, and <laughs> I, what I
0: wanted to say, too, about it is that I thought the premise was really neat. That whole idea of dance being so important in that world, I, I mean, just that was a really cool idea that hadn't hadn't come up, you know, that I had seen before. So I just thought it was a fascinating premise. And I also liked the fact that, you know, sometimes I think when people write a series, people will love like the first book and then the the next few books that come along are like, well, good, we want to finish the story, you know. But the first book seems to be that real hit, you know. And with you, of course the books were good, but I actually liked... The last book, best, you know, I mean, (laughs) I thought that was where things really like, it was just a really good final book of a series. Oh, thank you. It gets Um, my recommendation.
2: (laughs) Cool. Along with what Karen said about the enemy loving to whisper lies to us, I actually had a dream around the time that the third book came out, where I was talking to someone and they said, yeah, the first two were okay, but that third book has no plot. And <laughs> I woke up sweating and just totally <laughs> convinced. Oh no, the book is out there now and it has no plot. <sighs> so I, 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 I definitely why. have
1: <laughs> I don't know why we're so quick to believe the enemy's lies. I just <laughs> I have the the writer person neurosis. Who's now got like these bills that she has to pay cause she got taken in. I mean, because that's who we are. <laughs> I, we, no no i'm i'm saying i don't know why we believe them i recognize that i'm right there with them but i
0: know it's just it's just dumb on our part we but we do we just we just do and it's it's i mean maybe it's just so that we know
1: that we really still need god i mean yeah. I, I don't i don't think it's dumb actually i think that it's human and yeah, i okay. think that i think that the voice of the enemy is is seductive and impactful and god speaks in that small still whisper and we have to listen so hard to hear god's voice over the cacophony of the enemy's lies being thrown at us if i've seen nothing else over these last several weeks i've seen how the enemy just brings it from all directions and in all manner of doing it and and i sit there and i think to myself you know what the enemy is so obvious In his battle against us, of course, ABC happened because God was doing a great work. And so he came in to distract and do everything to keep me from looking at God and resting in God. And once I I finally realized, okay, this is another attack, I I just I went back to that place that I was quite some time ago and saying, God, I got nothing. You you have to handle this because I cannot do this. Mm, And so much peace in recognizing
2: them. Well, and another thing that I've been realizing is at, at through my character's journey in Dream of Kings, she's always trying to find a purpose that would make all the losses worthwhile. Oh. And she's and she's not finding that. And to come to the realization that God may not explain himself to us. Right. And that's okay. He is good. He is but working he's out a purpose. God.
1: It's, yes. It's not like he owes us anything yeah. let alone yeah.
2: an explanation <laughs> that's right and and it's i feel like sometimes we're secret agents and we operate on a need to know basis right. and god doesn't think we need to know right everything he's doing behind the scenes but we can trust he's doing way beyond what we can imagine behind the scenes and that's what my character jolan found you know throughout dream of kings um things that she couldn't even imagine that that the provider, as she called him, was doing in that right. world. Right. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's easier when you can see a direct purpose. Oh, this happened. Oh, my my car died, and there was an accident a mile down the road. I would have been in, but my car died. So God used that to protect me. Yay! A bad thing happened. I see the good purpose. Yay! But a lot of times we aren't given that, and we have to walk by faith and faith that God is love and faith that He has a purpose. And faith that he is with us in it and he is transforming the pain into something beautiful. Exactly. Yeah, I think the deal is
0: that we don't have the wisdom to understand or the judgment to understand what would be worthwhile anyway. We want to know, but we're just going to compare it to our own human thinking of what is worthwhile. And so God's just like, "Don't even go there." You know, it's like trying to explain to my golden retriever, you know, why she can't have, you know, a bunch of water right before she goes to sleep at night. You know, it's like she's she's not going to get it. I can't. So, I guess that's that's where we're human and God is God. If we could understand what made something worthwhile, we would be God and we're not. <laughs> right, right. And
1: God is telling us, don't worry about understanding. Yeah. Be at peace. Yeah. Uh, understanding yes. isn't the be all in the end all. Peace. Be at peace. My peace I give to you. Not peace like the world gives, but my peace I give to
2: you. Yes. Amen. Oh, I love talking with you guys. I feel like I'm in church.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> we are coming to the end of our time. So I was going to ask you if you have any final words of wisdom or encouragement you wanted to leave with our listeners.
2: Well, I know that most of your listeners are writers and they want to be writing from the heart, writing for God. And I would say, Just what you said earlier, it's about following his lead that sometimes it's okay to not write. Sometimes he calls us to write. Sometimes he calls us to write an unexpected thing or sometimes the theme of a story changes. And it's fun when we can see how he uses life circumstances in our stories, but sometimes we won't see it. And all of your listeners who are writers Get ready for that wonderful day when we're all in heaven and someone comes up and says, I was struggling with X, Y, and Z, and I read this novel you wrote, and that character went through a journey like I did, and God used that. And isn't that going to be a fun party when we find out (laughs) that he's actually working through these humble stories that we've struggled so hard to write? Right. Uh,
1: Yeah. He's going to be wonderful. Well, Sharon, we're out of time. So it's been it's been delightful to talk with you. It really has. I told you you didn't need to be afraid. Well, you did a great job. And you guys, are, so you guys are awesome. <laughs> we're so delighted with what you've shared with us and and with our listeners. So friends, let's just continue to pray for each other, to lift each other up in this time of darkness and struggle. And work to remember that what we need to do is leave it to God and rest in Him, because that's what will carry us through. Amen. 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 Thanks for joining us today. You can find previous episodes and more resources at writefromthedeep.com. And I bet you know someone who needs this podcast. So please share it with them. So until next time,
2: embrace the deep. Your writing and your life will never be the same.